1: Hi there, good evening and welcome to the Cybrox. This is your Ranger podcast and it's Scott Patterson for your Sunday night. And for Saf and Reese who join us in the pod tonight, it's the second time they've heard this spiel so they'll just need to deal with it. We did have a host operating error before we started. If you are joining us on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter tonight, um, we appreciate you joining us. We thank you for your time. Um, on the pod tonight, we discuss progression from quarterfinals to semi-finals in the Scottish Cup following a... Relatively convincing 3 0 um, win at Ibrox today. We speak about some football in the legs for Red Van Yilmaz, John Suter, Yanis Hadji getting some game time again today, which was helpful. And we also um, probably should start to discuss and understand and appreciate that we will be looking at a Rangers that appears to be minus Alfredo Morelos come this summer. Uh, joining me on the pod to discuss all of this, I'll just a one by one. Reese Cochran joins us. Reese, hi, how are you? Yeah, very
2: good, Scott. How's yourself?
1: Yeah, it's not, but it's good to hear that, that sort of thing again after we've done it earlier on, isn't it? Aye,
2: we've got a glitch, <laughs> but
1: danger of another ballroom. And, and joining us again for a Sunday night appearance is Saf. Hi, Saf. How are you, big man?
0: I'm well. I'm well, Scott. Um, I'm very good, thanks.
1: Yes, yeah, good to have you both on, Reese. Before we get into things, um, I often speak and refer to the the intro that we we have at this side rocks cunningly put together by our tech guys in the background and when you hear them
2: you can't help but visualize the goals as you hear every single one drift by and by and by yeah definitely the Mackay one loving kranz Aribo. you know the more recent ones probably for myself yes um, thanks definitely definitely get you kind of mouthing it without even thinking about it yeah, yeah, you're absolutely
1: right. Um, the one, the one that sort of that does it for me is the um, the Barry Ferguson one in in the Scottish Cup final, which was a a really special afternoon. Of course, the same um, afternoon that, that Peter Lovingkans um, scored that wonderful header and. Um, the formerly loved Neil McCann um, was responsible for, for that wonderful assist. Listen, lots to discuss tonight. Um, there's bits and pieces going on right across the show, so keep with us until nine o'clock, then or if you can. If you want to get involved in the chat, by all means, fire something in there. And if we can get to it, we will. We are particularly keen to understand your, um, or get your thoughts, rather, on the potential of, of Morelos. It looks like, I don't... Never said he was definitely going to end the season, but he certainly never gave the impression that he would be hugely bothered if he wasn't here for next, which is is quite telling for me. Reese, we'll start with you. The the team rightly got a huge amount of credit following the, the performance at Easter Road, where they were very, very impressive, in particular the middle three. I don't think I don't think anyone expected the same middle three to start again today, but I do think perhaps people expected perhaps more changes rather than just Lundström
2: in for Ryan Jack. Yeah, definitely. I was one of them. Um, I, I did think, you know, maybe see likes Arfield, Kimara, possibly even one of, Red or two from the start. But you know, the best way to breed familiarity, especially when you've got a midfield three, two of which have just joined the club, is to continue to play them in every game. And I think it speaks more of a winning mentality of, do you know what, every game matters here and we're going to go into every game looking to win it. How long it lasts depends on how early we carry the game off, which I think was in the, the day.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that there's there's no doubt that um Michael Beale is clearly a huge Ryan Jack fan. One of the the first things he said when he came up was how um he would have him as the sort of first name of the, on the team sheet staff. So I almost think there is a willingness from Beal to sort of look after and nurture this chap at least until end of the season and see how he gets on potentially with another year's contract and then a full pre-season from again to next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like Reese, I was surprised as well at the strength of the lineup. Unlike Joe, he doesn't seem to be retreating as much. Certainly in the cup games, I mean, McGregor started um, uh, was was one to note as well. Uh, interestingly. Um, yeah, clearly um, Michael's got his favourites, you know, or, or people that he wants to build the team around for next year. I'm sure he's got one eye on next season already. And where that's Ryan Jack, where it's others, he wants to kind of, um, you know, clearly he's got an injury record uh, and has been disappointing for, for the last uh, couple of seasons. So maybe he wants to just kind of watch that carefully, maybe semi-finals to come, final and so on, uh, and the run running somewhat. And just to just to manage his time and, and get him ha- let him have a nice clean uh, preseason, ready for next year. And as you say, maybe give him a a, a, a contract, whether it's one year, or two years. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. do it. So recap. What-
1: I started for this afternoon. Then it was McGregor and Goals, a back four. Really impressive. The back four that have really buried themselves in, which I think we haven't seen a lot of this season. It's really important. Tav, Golson, Ben Davies and Borna Barisic, who we'll come to shortly. Um, Lundström and Raskin with Cantwell just doing as he likes ahead of, which we really, really like and I think we'll come to later on. Kent, Cholak, who I think had quite a disappointing afternoon, to be perfectly honest with you, and Sakala, who was probably poorer. Um, so the, the, a lot of the guys largely did keep their, their positions from the from, from Easter Road, with the exception of Lundstrom and for Jack, as I say. Um, Reese, I wonder how concerned you were earlier on when Calves for Wraith felt he
2: could beat McGregor one his own half. Uh, it was, a uh, it was certainly ambitious, I'll give him that. <laughs> it was roof, but um, he did give it a go. Gonzalez is one of the players that he's been kicking about for so long. I remember him at Hearts and Mirren. Yeah, he played against us in a multiple divisions, but yes. um, aye, that long range effort, quite probably for good reason, doesn't come off very often, and his shot cannot. Kind of, as much as it kind of worried me, how far up McGregor was it? Was never really being a threat. And Aldo RFC gets in touch via the YouTube chat to see that the um, the pink top um, was
1: was horrid, um, which I'm used to Wraith coming out in their sort of dark blue, white shorts. Golden DL, Peter Heatherston type kit. When they came out with that one today, I thought, it was me. Um, so, yeah, wow. very interesting. What's that?
2: Looked like a highlighter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Entirely fair. Entirely fair. Um, so, listen, I... I there wasn't a lot to discuss from, from the first half um, SAF other than, than we know that they had a, a, a long range, very very long range effort yeah. um, early doors. We, sorry, Goldson had a save and the first uh, Goldson forced J um, McDonald to make a save. He'd done the same with, with James Tavernier. Rangers eventually break the deadlock on the 41st minute so it took us 40 minutes to get into a stride despite playing reasonably well and um, However, within the, the opening 20 minutes, I have to say, Borna Barisic was particularly dangerous down that left-hand side.
0: Yeah, he was. I mean, Borna's been well, hasn't he, um, laterally for the last kind of three, four months or so, you know, getting crosses and being a bit more aggressive, a bit more accurate in, in his delivery and style. Um, so that's been pleasing. And I think he did a lot of that today as well. It was just a pity nobody was really getting to the end of it or properly uh, kind of executing. And some of his kind of crosses or whatever, he clearly did that for for, for the goal. But notwithstanding that, um, he kind of sh- sh- and you know was a highlight. Apart from being a fairly average, you know they kind of stuck in, kind of kind of really pushed back and had that kind of roadblock block uh, and held held firm there. Um, it wasn't really great creatively, and you know Barnard tried his best to try and make things happen, which was pleasing. And he's had a decent run of form uh, in that respect.
1: Yeah, Reece, he, he did have. I mean, he, I think he had about within the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Um, I think Bournemouth had about maybe half a dozen really good quality crosses from open play, not set pieces, um, yeah. open play. Um, and they were all going into an area where you're looking for your striker to get a, a head on it or a, a toe on it in some cases. Just something to in that six yard
2: area because that's where the balls were heading to. Yeah, definitely. I think it kind of speaks loudly to the quality of crosses that were going in, especially the second goal of the day, and Barisic, every time, it, it, I said at the time, it was coming, that Goldson header just before half-time, he just kept putting balls right where he wanted them to go, yeah. pinpoint accurate, and it seems like there's a real kind of confidence uptake for Borna. Um, Obviously, there's always the old firm kind of rumour or myth that and evades him, I suppose, but it just seems to be kind of totally different. He's been given more license to roam forward and be more direct rather than what we've seen before, which was quite limited in his ability and more backwards than forwards.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I, I do think Rangers on tour jumps in. You know, that Rafe would park the bus and force us just to hit in crosses, which I think they did do. Um, for, for the first 40 minutes or so until we sort of broke the deadlock. Biggest issue interesting in Africa the Ranger on tour was how Lundström slowed down her tempo, which I think is quite fair. I almost felt that having Lundström and and Raskin both arguably doing similar kind of jobs, I just wonder if Raskin was more up to a standard of fitness. Um, Michael Beale would perhaps be more... Comfortable, Reese with just having him sitting there in the zone and then letting the five ahead just do their thing?
2: See, I think so, maybe against a team like Wraith, but it was interesting when Bill came in that he said, we'll always see a two of Jack and Kamara, I think it was, he said. Mm -hmm. Given that Raskin was Kamara's replacement, then I think he does always want that, almost a double pivot in games like that, that are just going to protect the back four and... To be honest, I think he wants two that will cover the full-backs while yeah. they go forward and add to that attacking line rather than the two midfielders. It's a bit Klopp-esque in that if Tav goes forward, that Jack can drop to right-back and cover him and vice versa with Bournemouth on the other side. So, doesn't it really surprise me that two of them were there? But maybe in games like Wraith, you would expect that, you yeah. yeah, I mean, do I, I, you know how I, I, I do feel that if... if and
1: this is I, I think I said this on the um Hib's post match with, with Reese and Kyle. I can't help but wonder if Raskin had been signed even a week or so earlier. Um it may have allowed it may have allowed them to certainly to start, to start against Celtic at Hamden and it may have now given Beale that further confidence to maybe play him in that role on its own because he's got a fantastic engine and I think he can probably if in many games we're gonna have so much of the ball. Um, and you'd like to think that mostly it's going to be in an advanced part of the pitch. I think Raskin can marshal that area in front of a goal and a Davies relatively well and the knowledge that Tavern and Barisic are going to be looking either level either side of them or advanced of them anyway. So I do just sometimes wonder if he if he was there a little bit sharper. Um and this isn't a dig at anyone, particularly not today. Um it would have been interesting to, to just see how he really got on there. So, listen, Rangers going one 0 at half time. That goals and header is a real crack, cracker. It's um, reminiscent of a, a header that Richard Goff scored against Celtic. Um, Ibrox, I, I remember quite well. It reminded me of that as soon as he made contact with a thumping header, um, and it was good to go in a goal up. Uh, I think at that point you're just thinking, right, in at half time, and um, Michael will probably have a word with him. Ordinarily, I think, Saf, bearing in mind everything we know but it being a cup game and games that are coming up, doubleheader against Celtic, albeit not straight behind each other, um, you're almost looking for changes, but a 1-0, he's not going to make the changes that you're looking for, is he?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, um, surprising but not surprising. Obviously, Mike, Michael's going kind to of keep the shape. He keeps it up at 60 minutes, doesn't he, until he changes yeah. things, uh, maybe even a bit longer um it's a good goal as you said Scott um from a from a corner we've not been scoring that many from corners so no, it's pleasing to see that um as well from in terms of uh, some of our stats and again Goldson's not been scoring that many so again good to see him on the score sheet clean header uh and so on and uh, he kept with that shape kept with that team no doubt um he just wanted to I guess if he scored maybe two in the first half he might have changed about a bit more yeah. I don't know um but saying, it was good to see the sub subsequent. I'm, I'm sure you, we, you'll cover that. But yeah, uh, it was interesting that the same team came out in the finish, second half.
1: Reese, one thing that I, I think jumped out immediately when they came out of the second half is that they were moving the ball so much more quicker. There was that delay in the first half that, that we've not long referred to it. We lose some arguably, sort of slowing the ball down, whether you think it was or not. But there was definitely a. A lot more urgency in that first maybe ten, fifteen minutes of the second half than what we'd seen the first forty-five.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think it's maybe been the case of the players just having to be reminded. Look, you play against a low block most weeks. Yeah, they're playing against camp back fours most weeks. You know what to do, and possibly even something as simple as Bill getting a board up in front of him and going, "This is what we do against low blocks. This is what our system does," and yeah. reminding them visually maybe that. We should be moving the ball quicker, it's not that static response that we've seen under Geo quite often that was just oh, what do we do here? And that lack yeah. of maybe creativity or spark,
1: yeah. I think you're absolutely right, though. As I say, I just felt when they came out the second half, everything was a bit more fluid, a bit more there was a bit more urgency and everything. And I, I genuinely don't know if it was. Whether something there was maybe some words at half time, or if Michael B was genuinely happy with the approach, how it was going. Um, but there was definitely more of a um an urgency second half. Come out of the second half, half hits the post. Um and on 57 minutes half, we we take a we we got a second of the afternoon, unfortunately, on goal for the boy Ryan Nolan. a uh, really early cross from James Tavernier, which I think was more through um sort of hope as much as anything yeah. else. Guy goes for it and just cuts right across it, and do you know what I mean? It's right on the opposite side from the goalkeeper 2 nil Rangers at that point. It's it's really tie over, and Rangers are looking at the semi final, aren't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a cracking own goal, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, I don't know what Tav was saying because there was nothing happening in the box. I think he yeah. was just saying, well, might as well, uh, you know, do something. And uh, uh yeah, I felt sorry for the guy, um, because obviously, Rafe they did they played well up to till then not not, not really doing much in the box yeah uh, or, or, or forward but certainly they, they had their time Um yeah we had the we had the goal to two zero yeah you, the tie is over as you say Scott. so you can be a bit more creative a bit more adventures in your subs and so on um as well and uh, yeah absolutely
1: so two 0 up reese that gives us the it gives yeah. us the opportunity to freshen things up and as i say i, I think ordinarily Michael Beale would probably have preferred to do that at half-time, I think, despite Wraith playing this sort of low block that we know about. Um, we see the introduction of Ridvan and John Suter. I think, I can't remember if Hadji came on at the same time then. No, he didn't. He came on later on, didn't he? It was our field, that came on at that point. Yeah. Um, so we saw Ridvan and Suter, um come on and, and play really well. We'll get to them in a second because the third goal of the afternoon came with really clever work between... Yannis uh, Hadji and Todd Cantwell, who I thought was excellent today, I'm sure we'll come on to. He squares across to Scott Arfield with a really tidy finish. Um, and Scott Arfield, I think just, I think Bill refers to actually post-match when he says he's the one midfielder that we've got who has that ability to just drift beyond whoever is playing at nine and, and really sort of give the, the opposition something else to think about.
2: Yeah, he Just firstly in the, the second goal, what a finish. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> up, puts that finish away you're thinking on about it for weeks I'm sure Cholak's actually had a few similar what really disappointed me for the second goal was the gap between Cholak and their centre half see if yeah. he's there he's in prime opportunity to get one of the kind of just get something on it and nick it in the far corner absolutely he? but he didn't really seem to be anywhere near but our um, field going beyond he is just that guy that makes runs in behind I would argue maybe Tillman does it as well. Yeah. Yeah. He he probably dallies too much on the ball. He's not like Arfield that would run in behind, first-time finish, slot it under the keeper. But he would maybe get in and start dribbling it and laying it off to somebody. But it was good to see him getting on. Do you know what I love about Arfield? He's an on-pitch manager's dream. He's he's an on-the-field coach. He'll stand and he'll, he'll talk more to people than what he will actually possess the ball he's just he's constantly instructing people he knows where everybody should be what he should be doing and setting standards i suppose which is probably the highest compliment you can pay to him whether or not he's offered a new deal i think it maybe depends on who is and who isn't yeah you know it's one of these ones with scott arfield i think he is almost
1: one because he still offers something I don't think you almost think that he would be ready to go into a player coaching role. You do think that with Stephen Davis because he hasn't offered as much as what Arfield does, or has rather in the last year, and probably hasn't offered the same amount since Beale came back up the road, much of it due to injury, of course, which we fully understand. Um, But I do think if, do you know what I mean? I do wonder if the the conversation's been um, discussed with Scott Arfield, if you are looking to, to wrap at any time soon, which I'm sure he's not, certainly at the end of this season because he can still play. Um if coaching's the sort of next thing he's considering, it would be um I think it would be good to have him in around the club. And at a time where our football department is getting a bit of a doing left, right and centre and throughout from sort of men's, women's and throughout the academy, um, it, I don't think it would do any harm to have guys that have been there in recent times and done it. And I I, you know, I, I do think that, that Scott Arfield sort of falls into that category. Um so 3-0 Rangers win full-time straight into the semis, which we're delighted about. Um Reece, I want to speak to you about the importance of getting some football into the legs of Red Van John Suter, and Yanis and Haji Not necessarily in that order, but I, the one thing I, I did like about these guys coming on difficult when these guys come off the bench to get much time on the ball regardless of who you're playing because they need to bed themselves in and familiarise themselves with the environment and the game, the crowd, what the crowd like that day. Um, I felt all three, but particularly Ridvan and and Suter, done it really well when they came on.
2: Yeah, I think all three slotted in pretty well, just as well as can be expected for the the length of time that they've been out. Hadji obviously coming on later He's had more game time, it's less a less necessity for him really, he's further along. Yeah. But the likes of Suter and Redvan, it's just a different option. I mean, we've seen how, and we've spoken about how good Barisic was earlier on, but just to even have him on and see, right, this is actually what we paid for, because I think it's far too early to judge him either way, because the sample size is so small. Same could probably be argued for Suter. I think there was a lot of hope for him when he first came in and then Ben Davies coming in, you've now got that good option. Whereas we used to argue over who would you pick, Hollander or Balligan next to Golden. And now it yeah. could potentially in an ideal world in future be, would you have Suter or Davies in there? Depending on opposition, it might change. I think he probably offers is the defensive side that Davies doesn't have, and Davies will offer the technical side, possibly. Yeah, so I think it's it's only good options to have, and hopefully we see a lot more of them coming for, uh, as we move forward. I think, as far as Shooter's concerned, easy to forget that he's
1: he's he's played that defensive midfield role as well. And Michael Beal indeed referred to drop into a back three potentially, maybe not before the end of the season, but I think it's something he's going to consider moving forward. And I think if he's doing that, he's considering Shooter as potentially the the ball-playing defender, so the guy that can bring the ball out and sort of give you more legs in the centre of the park. And I appreciate the irony of that considering we're talking about a guy who's been injured for a, a big part of his Rangers career so far. However, I do think um, they, they potentially see him as um, someone who can carry the ball and maybe leave Golson and Davies to to defend um, if he's if he's advancing with the ball. Very interesting to see how John Suter fits into this jig. So I think the same goes with Hadji Saf. We know that we've got Tom Lawrence, potentially Malik Tillman, Todd Cantwell who is excellent this afternoon, um all playing in in similar sort of roles. And indeed within our WhatsApp chat during the week, um we had a, a discussion to say that you know if we had to free up funds to to bring in Malik Tillman in the summer is you someone who you'd be happy, in air commas, um, to sacrifice. I don't want you to say if you would or not be, but we definitely have lots of options in there. There's going to be a couple of guys that aren't going to be happy at not playing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's pleasing to see, as I've seen earlier, some of these guys coming back in now. Okay, we're in mid-March, so it's one eye on next season, fingers crossed. Um, and you forget that, that there's been a lot of quality that, that have been injured for, for, for many months now. Had you been one, um, you know, I remember him well during when we won the title. You know, 55. You know how how well he played, uh, his reputation preceded him with obviously with his dad and so on. And if he can come back to half of that form, where that was in Europe, that European run as well that season, as well as the league run, um, I think we've got a player. And, and I would I'd be inclined to he's come out. He's he's been injured for a long long time. He's just literally come in for a few minutes today. Let's see how it goes. Uh, I was certainly wanting to keep him, and he's got—he's a great player. He's got great uh, turn of skill. Even today, he demonstrated that somewhat uh, in the kind of final third and in the goal and so on. So, I was certainly would be wanting to keep him for sure.
1: Rhys, I'm bringing you up on screen here, my friend Sel so Hadji, to fund Tillman signing. We're looking for some feedback in the chat and that. What would you do? If so, we we already know. I, th- I think everyone largely appreciates that a deal for Tillman will be north of. Five million potentially as as much as six million.
2: Um, would you sell Hadji to fund the deal for Tillman in the summer? See, I've always kind of been the one that would praise Hadji always, and I think it was pretty unanimous in the chat, if I remember correctly. Boy, point, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I'll die on this. Hill, I'd keep Giannis haji Hadji. <laughs> it is really testing when you consider should the finances weigh up a direct swap between him and Tillman. Um I don't think we'll get anywhere near enough money for Haji at this moment or in summer um to fund that move. But it would certainly be a strong consideration. Um you've got more than just the footballing aspect to be honest, the commercial value of Haji could also maybe be replicated with Tillman being American. I don't know it, it could happen but I don't think Will be in any danger of having that decision to make no another i i
1: i've said before i i'm not entirely convinced that tillman sees his future in glasgow and in, in the first instance much as it, it would be nice to have a, a player of his quality and and certainly ability and potential my goodness and um, it would it'd be great to to sort of bring him in the summer however um Big games will be what, what matters for all these players and, and how well they do in a Rangers jersey. And I think there's an argument at the moment we've not seen enough from Tillman in those big games. However, time will tell. Listen, Saf, I, before we came on here tonight, I did say I wasn't sure if we were going to say loads about what has went on at Ibrox today with the um, the Union Bears. Just because I, I don't think I've educated myself up smartly enough on it yet. It does seem like there's um, a bit of a statement sort of tennis between one group and the next. It looks like they have um, refused to go into the game today on the back of uh, a couple of banners being removed from Ibrox pre-match. Um, one, I think if you look smartly into social media, you see is about a, a sporting director and a second which is um, not very nice about Scotland's finest emergency service. Um, so for, on a week where we've... we've We've read this week and seen this week loads on, um, on, sorry, freedom of speech. We, we do you know what I mean? I'm fed up looking at Gary Lineker, to be frankly, um, honest with you, Saf. But I do wonder, um, this is going to roll on a little bit, I think, just on the back of what we've seen this afternoon, Ibrox.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, again, Scott, I don't know the, the, the ins and outs of it, so it's hard to kind of comment specifically, um, beyond what banner was not allowed in or whatever. Um a couple of things I would say. Um I, as we all know, you know, as fans, sometimes IBrooks doesn't, doesn't have the greatest atmosphere, certainly in some of these kind of matches, pedestrian matches or whatever. And certainly union bears, if you want to call it the ultra culture, you know, where that's flares, drums, um, singing all the time, even typho displays and whatever, coordinating all of that. It's something actually to be proud of. something to encourage in in a controlled way somewhat Uh, because i've been to football and elsewhere you know bigger stadiums more fans and and they do not have that they have well they say they have that but they don't really in in some respects so i think it's a shame that it's going to come to this and 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 secondly i would say um in terms of what we've seen whether you like it or not where is the banner is offensive to to the police or to others or to Management, you know, they should be big enough to have half that banner still there. Ultimately, they, they they pay their wages, they they their fans, and and they contribute to the club. They did that through the the lean years. We did that through the the COVID season when nobody was allowed to go to matches and so on. Uh, and and uh, from a financial point of view, you you've seen the the, the recent Rangers um, revenue numbers, and that's not come out of uh, but fans. So it's a shame that fans. For whatever reason seem that they need to make a stand and not attend uh, a football match which is crazy in this day and age that it's going kind to of come to that um and, and i hope in the coming days they'll be resolved because as i said rangers as well as other teams in scotland have a good kind of ultra kind of noise culture and it'll be a shame to kind of dilute that or or, or have that consent because somebody said look we're not going to have that banner you know people should be allowed to say what they want within reason as long as it's not um you know illegal or, or, or criminal in that respect um and it's a shame that that might be the case again but i don't know for certain
1: reese I, I think this is going. To be, uh, staff makes loads of good points here i think everyone will, will love to agree who's looking in or listening in um reese i you know I mean, you're the young team you're the young team in the group let's be perfectly honest with you um I do have to say, you are very aware that the atmosphere of the game today, whether you sorry, agree with what the Union Bears do or say they create an, an atmosphere in the game that people go and either think is great, you'll never please everyone all the time. We know all about that. We found that out last week when we released our interview with Stuart Gibson. So we're very aware that the Rangers' support can be a wee bit fractious at times, and I think that goes across the board. Um, however, being in the ground... Looking for an atmosphere, looking for a noise perspective, recent wasn't it there today? You were very aware that
2: it wasn't there, yeah, definitely. I actually met a guy from I believe London who it was his first time up at a Rangers game, and I just thought, Oh god, what a shame! So, <laughs> what, what a game to go if you're first game. I was thinking that you need to stick with because if you go off the day, surely you're not coming back. <laughs> I, I believe it is a bit controversial. Um, the Union Bears. Have a storage facility in Ibrooks. I don't think that's um, unknown. They've got a storage facility in Ibrooks. The only people I see having access to that would be Rangers and the Union Bills. Statement for them has said that Rangers and Police Scotland, for whatever reason, accessed this banner or whatever was in, I would assume to be the storage unit, and weren't having it. Wasn't allowed in entry with it or whatever. Don't know if it was taken out by the Union Bears to be taken in and Rangers we went hold on. We've seen what's in there, it's not coming in. Or whether the club just disposed it themselves. We don't know. For whatever reason, it's not getting and they've gone, well, if you're not letting us in with this banner, we're not coming in. Yeah. Now, I don't believe that it would have been totally because of the anti police banner that the club are claiming it is. I believe there's probably more to it. I don't I think we've seen enough anti police banners over the years to know they get into the ground without clubbing interference usually. Yeah. But they are just the lifeblood of the stadium. I was done it. Uh, man City in August there. I've been at Everton in February. <laughs> A few of the Everton fans were actually saying to us, ah, the atmosphere up there is good, man. There's nothing like that down here. It's the only reason Crystal Palace are relevant is homestead fanatics. There was yeah. nothing at Man City you felt like. And I remember saying it in uh, certainly the chat, maybe the pod after it. They're sitting there going, this could be 5-0 either way and nobody really cares. And that's not what football is about. The The ultras culture, I believe, should be able to flourish. Robin Newson even name-checked a recently formed group, uh, Gorgie Ultras, saying that, albeit heart's conceded an early goal yesterday, they kept the place alive, was, that, was a paraphrase for his exact quote. Yeah. And I think it's something to be preserved, the relationships need to be preserved. Hopefully it does sorted that soon because who knows what's actually said. It's all about he said she said at the minute. Do you know the the sad thing for me is and it, it's perhaps
1: not surprising because do you know as I said, do you know what I mean? As supporters, we, we're allowed to disagree with each other, and that's just the way of it. That's that's the the world we live in and as far as Scottish football is concerned. As a Rangers fan, I think that that's that's where we are. Um, however, we've progressed to a semi-final of a, of a Scottish Cup, and today in a, in a season that hasn't really been that great, um, and the headline that we are talking about tonight in the podcast, the headlines, um, has been a, a bit of a bad that seems to be about to to really erupt between um, a supporters group and and the board, um, and that's the that that's the unfortunate thing for me. That's that's the. The big takeaway, and I appreciate there'll be the, the truth will be somewhere in the middle somewhere, as it often is. Really? Um, however, whether you get to that truth eventually or not, I don't know. So, let's, people have been asking us in the chat about where we are with the Union Bears chat. That's our take on it. I think tonight, as as we know and and as we've seen and, and read and, and watched so far. So, um, until we find out sort of more information on that, I don't think it would be too smart to to comment on it. Um, much further. Reese I'll stick with you. Michael Beal has, has has given a few um very interesting quotes um after the game to, to via play. He stood beside um McCoy, Marvin Bartley, Stephen Craig, and I think um Connie McLaughlin was was the host this afternoon, referring to quality looking to be a little bit better at times, um, also expecting Kent and Cantwell to trust themselves in that final third a little bit more. Um, two things he obviously thinks that today could have and should have probably been better, particularly in the first half. And he's also looking for more goals out with a uh, number nine, whether that is Antonio Cholak, Kema Roof, dare I say, or Alfredo
2: Morelos, who we'll come to later. Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's anything that none of these are thinking. It's maybe just in a more outward manner. Um, I think what's kind of hitting home for me more and more often as he was come in was at first he was saying like, they don't believe in themselves. There's a lack of confidence or something. I'm wondering why. And this was when he first came in. He said, "I'm wondering why these players have all of a sudden seemingly lost their confidence." That kind of we can do this. It seems there's a bit a bit of fear about them. I think was maybe a word they used. And you see, not under you when there was a back four or ten men behind the ball, that that horseshoe shape that was so often said comes from a lack of creativity, a lack of confidence to take somebody on or go beyond somebody or know where people are and I think that's what he's looking for For Kent and Cantwell who to be fair to him, under his reign so far have been quite I don't know, they just kind of float about like gazelles (laughs) they just create something or nothing which wouldn't have happened before and I think Beal's philosophy, to use a buzzword kind of forms on the basis of when you're 1v1s and stick to the structure as rangers on tour says it's they've got that shape but within it they've got a bit of freedom to roll
1: yeah listen, i think you're absolutely right Saf. i i want to just do a very very quick little bit on todd Cantwell today who um you have to say has fitted in to his rangers career um very very well indeed now i appreciate that um, maybe people looking in will be thinking oh, he was playing Wraith Rovers. However, today I thought it was it was really good. Second game in the Bounds. Works his Bahuki off. Um, very clever with the ball. I think we've got a player who is absolutely a wonderful prototype for Michael Beale and his signings and maybe signings that we're looking to make in the summer moving forward. Very impressive.
0: Absolutely. Again, he, he played well midweek as well. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to him doing more of that, Scott, and, and really forming a good bond within the midfield, the attacking uh, uh, side as well, um, and overall really showing them demonstrating his quality. He came with with you know some good quality down south. albeit he had a bit of a stop-start season somewhat as well with yeah. Norwich, and maybe demonstrating that in the Scottish league and hopefully uh, also. In Europe, he seems to be, a you know, that type of player that can thrive within like, in a European setting as well. And it's something that we've been crying out for, for months, as we know. The lack of creativity, the lack of forward passing, the lack of movement, the lack of aggression, where we're in the final third and having to pa- pass the ball back again and again. And almost like playing in slow motion until maybe something happens, but then nothing happens. Yeah. And hopefully him, Raskin, Kent, Reese mentioned Kent as well, had a kind of new lease of life under, under Bale. Um, you, you know, they they will thrive more. Kent, obviously, slightly different. He's out he's of contract, so let's let's see what will happen with him um, and now until until the summer. Uh, but again, the kind of seeds have been sown. Uh, the foundations have been laid for for next season, and and I think Cantwell will will play a big part in that. Um, assuming he's fit. A touch wood. Let's let's not jinx that uh, with with what's happened to the rest of them uh, <laughs> this year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quietly positive. As you say, Scott, he started really well in short space of time. He's really kind of bedded into, into the team, the formation, and the Scottish way of playing, as you know, very, very different somewhat for, from what happens down south um, most of the time as well.
1: Reese, a couple of other things Michael Beale said post um before we get into Alfredo Morelos, which I think may take a little bit of time. Um, he referred to the uh, wanting to see energy in his team moving forward, um, I think Raskin and Capwell, as, as Saffage just suggested, fits absolutely into, into that bracket. Um, he also, interestingly enough for me, referred to big decisions being made in the summer, which I think is a really interesting comment. Big decisions would suggest that maybe big players could be looking at a potential change in the future. Mm. Um, he also said, no grey areas or you're out, um, while referring to either being with us or or not with us. Um, I get the impression, I, I think I've said before, that I, I feel this summer could be Dick Advocate-esque for Rangers. I think it has to be Dick Advocate-esque, personally. Um, it'll be real interesting to see two things. Who Michael Beale goes to and, and, and looks to, to to bring in and maybe introduce to the, the Rangers' way of thinking. Um, and secondly, and this is most important, how much finance the man's going to have to spend in the summer.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think the finance but will... Indicate just how much or not indicate rather um it'll determine how many players we see go in and out this summer and which yeah. players I think because it will need to be well if we can draw money for here how can we get it from player trading and whether it's selling somebody over value in order to bring somebody in under undervalue ideal situation obviously. But I think I believe he said during the week that he expects to overturn a quarter of the squad, which for me Aye, it has to happen. There is big decisions to happen. There's potentially two retirements, if not more. There's a loan ending which could be made permanent. We've already seen one loan terminated. There's players at a contract who may be going elsewhere. There's various reports on that. But I think it's got to be where are we recruiting, what positions I'd imagine there'll be a lot of prioritising being done for now at the end of the season in order of having that list ready of, right, here's where we attack first in the summer. This is the position we try and fill straight away. But a lot of it will be dependent on current players and where they're going, what they're up to in the summer. But I like the no grey areas thing. It's either, like, you're here or you're not. If you're half bothered about coming or you're not quite going to greet if you leave, then (laughs) Right, cool, go, we'll we'll get somebody else in And I like it As much as it's maybe an idyllic concept I don't know that It will definitely happen But hopefully so Do you know, I I think you you make a really good point
1: I I move to Rangers shouldn't be for thinking about In exactly the same way If you sort of pass a contract Into some of these guys that are looking at their options, rightfully so, as as they choose to do. If you're passing them a contract, it's do you know what I mean? Sign it or on your way. Um, and I think that is almost what Michael Beal is is referring to. He's looking for guys that are obviously going to hang around and, and do a job for them in the first instance. And um, interesting to note, that there are some guys that are within the the current setup that um, we we. There's a suggestion we should look to, to keep on Jack and our field, a uh, one year deal. Uh, Bill Blue suggests, which I don't think is too bad an idea. If you get the Ryan Jack version that we've seen on Wednesday night, I'll absolutely take that. I don't think there's any doubt for that. And um, Reese, I want to stick with
2: you. Do you think Alfredo Morelos is going to Spain? Um, I don't know. I, I hate thinking about Seville. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, it wouldn't shock me, in all honesty. I was saying to someone last night as the rumors kinda emerged or came to the surface. If he does, for me that's taking the safe option for him. Now don't get me wrong, the guys know how to safe career or life. No. no absolutely. Up, who who grows up in Colombia and moves to Finland? <laughs> that's two very extremes. Then he's keeping yeah. a different kind of freezing here, so he's maybe what to go back to the heat. That <laughs> might be it. He speaks Spanish. Could be a massive thing. Um if he went to Seville, in all honesty I'm not too first. He's he's too hit or miss, he's very unreliable in a sense. You know what you're getting from? You know what kind of things you're getting from, the quality of things you're getting from is a very different subject. Um I, I think he's maybe taking the easy route if he does that, to maybe tempted him on the stage. But I do really think that it's going to be, I don't know, I don't know, it might be true, it might not be, but I hope that we've seen the best of him if he does leave, and that anywhere he goes after is massively downhill. Saf, Overhill,
1: um refers to um, the end of the Morelos soap opera, um, which I think suggests that um, he's perhaps going to be glad to see him go. I so I almost understand what, what this perspective is. We we haven't seen the, the Morelos that bullied Pepe at Porto, uh, Pepe of Porto at Ibrox. We haven't seen the Morelos that scored the two wonderful headers in, in Feyenoord. We've not seen much of the Morelos version that we've seen in Dortmund just last season past. Yeah. We've not seen enough of that in, in the last um, 18 months. Um, however, there's clearly an argument that he's still a best striker when he's on his game. Michael Beale said post match that no one spoke to him and nothing has been offered. So it would suggest that Michael Beale and perhaps the football and department of Rangers have indeed had enough of the same soap opera.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of an odd statement to make whether he was just being cautious with his words. You know, obviously, I don't know. Um, I think I'm on record as saying. I think Morellis will leave, and I'll be surprised if he stays um, and, 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 and does another contract, purely because I think footballers these days, when they're out of contract, have so much power and they can make so much money by by signing a peak contract or getting that leverage of a, a significant signing on fee, plus um, more money in salaries, whether that's in Europe or down south or elsewhere, and I think for us, peak Morel was roughly, literally this time last year. Um, was Pete Morellis, and I don't think we're going to see that again, um, for for whatever reason. As you know, pre-season he didn't come 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 in. Great shape. He's taking time to get up to speed. He's not been the same since then at all. Um, and I think we need to, yeah, we need to close that chapter, I guess, and and move on and get 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 better strikers, get get a different style of play perhaps as well round up. But he was pivotal to what we did. Whereas the European la- run last year, or when we won the league, um, you know, prior to that as well, he was exceptional in the way he played, how he played, and not only that, as a character, really, really getting amongst uh, the, the, the opposition and so on as well. And it's the same, but you know, these things happen. We've had other players that have come and gone in, in similar ways that were characters and, and genuine impactful players for many years, and I think he will go, and I think. For him as well he's come from poverty he's made a lot of money he's probably got another three four five years to make a lot more money uh for him personally and i think he'll probably take that option
1: do you know what was interesting today there was there was a couple of moments when um antonio cholak found himself chasing the ball out with 18 yarder um and it became very uh, very obvious for me at that point what morelos could do and Cholak doesn't do, and the difference between the both. So in a situation like that, Morelos would be harrying and hunting and chasing, and Cholak doesn't have the ability to do that outside the 18-yard box. Now, I'm not doubting that if you transfer both these guys into the 18-yard box, I think Cholak is certainly a better finisher and probably has better composure. However, um, there was a couple of moments today you were very aware that you instantly spotted the difference between both both frontmen. Reese, one of the interesting things, and it's the last thing I want to quote from the Michael Beale press conference post match, was that he needs to see a little bit more from Alfredo. Um, I think we all feel like that, to be perfectly honest with you, the, the, the last year or so. It does perhaps suggest that maybe internally in and around sort um, of and Howie that he's just not seeing what he should be seeing from a guy that is looking for a new contract and deemed to be the best striker at the club?
2: He's reportedly one of the highest earners, and I don't think it's too wide of the mark. How, or rather what aspect he wants to see more of him in, I don't think it can be you know, narrowed down to one either. I think a bit more determination, a bit more commitment, a bit more optimism, a bit yeah. more goals. <laughs> you could name 10 things that he wants to see a bit more of, and I totally in agreement. I don't think two years ago, if Morelos was leaving a free, we'd have been up my arms about it. Don't think so anymore. I really don't. I think a bit more commitment would be great from him. Um, if he's looking for a signing on fee and Gucci hats and a pasty sanctuary, then I'm not too sure he's going to get it. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't really. You've not got that trust in him anymore. You don't have that trust that he's at a player that who will get a move maybe Michael Beals. honestly sitting looking at him going do you think you're good enough to get a move because yeah. it's a genuine question at this point it's do you think you're going anywhere better than here yeah. do you think so because we're no so certain and if the severe rumours are true fair play to him I won't be in tears either way
1: James uh, McGee A good friend of mine has jumped on to say, when's the last time we've seen Morelos take us back to goal? Turner defender to drive into the box. It used to be a hallmark, and now it's a rarity, which I think is absolutely right. And Rangers on Tour also comments, um, Beal has potentially clicked that we've not won much with a side built, Around Alfredo. So maybe it is indeed time to change the setup and how we approach games. Lots of other comments coming in um around Alfredo Morelos. I think that soap opera that we referred to earlier on. Um may indeed go on for a wee while yet. Saf, it's always good to have you on a Sunday night, my friend. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks, Scott. It was a pleasure, as ever.
1: Good man. And Reese, always good to have you on as well. You're this the sort of youngest member of the group, so you keep us all feeling fresh. Um and yeah, all that sort of stuff
2: it <laughs> was good to be on Scott I appreciate that and go and smash the week trips hopefully we get another result this week
1: go and smash the week I mean I'll give you in, Saf you or I couldn't get away with sending a podcast and go and smash the week we definitely couldn't yeah we, I think we were
0: we getting we get into trouble if you said that at work <laughs> or, or <laughs> online for sure <laughs> yeah. so listen
1: before we go um I should say, and I want to, want to extend my personal thanks to um, our manager editor, Tommy McIntyre, who um, took a, a lot of time out of his own personal diary to get together with the football club's third largest investor, Stuart Gibson. That interview is now available now across our um, YouTube channels. It's a two-parter. Um, first part equally as impressive as the second part and i guarantee you you will come off either part with um with quite a lot to think about to rumble with your friends around um, and hopefully have some positive feedback for us here at this side ropes. If you do have the opportunity to jump on and do that, um, I recommend you do Gavin Quinn here is absolutely right. Why would any supporter be against Stuart coming on the pod? It was a great interview. It is a great interview. So if you do have time... Um, I've going to say there jump... as
0: well, Scott. Sorry, briefly. Yeah, yes, I encourage everybody to listen in, because I listened to the second part um, today. And not only is a great, great, interesting interview about him as the Rangers supporter, shareholder... It's just a good interview about him as a businessman, where he's come from as well. As a personal story, it's very, very interesting. I think yeah. it's worth listening to from that level as well as his connection to Rangers and his vision potentially regarding Asia and so on as well. It's fascinating on many, many levels. Well yes, done well. again, as do you say. Scott, just echoing that, Tommy, and you guys getting that lined up. It was amazing. Good work.
1: Do you know, one of the things I think is it's easy to, um, to misplace is that Stuart Gibson is a huge Rangers supporter, very, very big Rangers fan. He's also a very, very astute and clever businessman. And there aren't many of them around just now, yeah. particularly many who have been prepared to put millions in the football club. So um, there's a two pronged um, sort of. Interest there from Stuart Gibson. Listen, if you do have time um, to jump on and even listen to each part separately, I urge you to do so. You will not be disappointed. If you do listen to the podcast and watch us and enjoy what we do and you haven't already subscribed, please do hit your notifications on here on the YouTube channel and you will get a notification each time we go live on social media. We are on YouTube, as you know, we're on Twitter at The Cybrox, Instagram at The Cybrox, and we're also on Facebook. This is Ibrox. If you are interested in joining us, and following us there, please do. Um, usual content comes out next week with the Bulletin guys Monday with Craig and Wednesday with Kyle. Join them if you can. I'm sure it will be another exciting week um, in the world of the Rangers Football Club. I am back next Sunday, Mother's Night. Every day is Mother's Day in Castle the Parson, so we look forward to getting together with you next Sunday night. Have a great week. Good night.